Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Bless the name of Jesus. You know that you bless out of blessing. What that means is you can bless because you've been blessed. What you're doing is returning unto the name of Jesus, unto God himself. The only thing that's really worthy of who he is, and that is the life and presence of Christ. That's what you're doing. We need to bless the name of Jesus because in blessing the name of Jesus, we're saying outwardly, we're saying out loud the truth of our blessing. We're saying, I am blessed because you're my blessing. I am blessed because you have made me new. And out of the wellspring of my heart, rivers of living water flow forth as a blessing unto your name. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name. Last week, we took a little detour from Hebrews 11 so that I could give a message the Lord had put on my heart about the church. And last week also, the emphasis was faith, which is the emphasis of Hebrews chapter 11. And today, we'll kind of return to our expository journey of Hebrews 11. We're going to look at verses 30 through 40. And we're going to talk about faith, but the author here illustrates faith in the lives. And what I would call, and others have called extreme faith, courageous faith. You know, the reality about faith is not that one is more courageous or one is more extreme. It's just the outworking of faith would appear that way. Faith is actually you entering into the reality of who you are in Christ as God exercises his power and his life and his determination and his plan through you. And you're yielding yourself to that because you are the body of Christ that operates from the head. And you say, I will move as he moves and I will speak as he speaks and I will do what he calls me to do. But none of these things do I do independently. The left leg doesn't move without the right leg, and the arm doesn't move without the hand, and we are joined together with the head, and the head 
The head directs us to operate as the body of Christ, and that operation, that activity, that exertion is faith. Faith is not what we see in the body. Faith is not the reality of what we see in the temporal. Faith is literally you transitioning from your position as a supernatural person in a body to a supernatural life. Because God did not fill you with his life and make you a new creation so that you could restrict your activity and your focus and the way you live to the temporal world. And this is why we see such extreme expressions of faith in the Bible because these guys aren't restricted by the temporal. They're unhindered. And all that they do, they do not do of themselves, that is of the flesh, They do by the power and the will of God. And that's why God is glorified by faith. Because it is God himself doing the work. So, my mentor used to say that faith is the eyes and ears of the new creation. And I believe that. Just as the eye of the elephant and the eye of the mouse are not the same size but serve the same purpose, we understand that it is not the size or the amount of faith but the purpose it serves in God's plan for your life. Now, each of us who are born again, were born to uniquely know and serve God, and that is only realized by faith. You are going to, you are in the plan of God. You're going to walk down the path that God has preordained for you to walk down, and you will know the power, the activity, the work of God as you choose to do this by faith. But if you choose to restrict yourself to the temporal, restrict yourself to the, your perceptions of the temporal, to be only happy with the blessings as you would define them of the temporal, you will literally rob yourself of what God is trying to show you, and that is that you are a supernatural being, walking in a supernatural way, empowered by God himself to know him in a temporal world. That's the reality of it. God made you first and foremost for himself. The plan of God for each one of us is unique, and it was set forth by God for each one of us before the foundations of the earth were formed. So you're not operating by fate or by happen chance. You are operating by the will of God in the plan of God. God made you first and foremost for himself. He made you to know him as your father, to delight his heart as only a child can delight the heart of a father. We are to live to and from our relationship with him. Not to and from the world with the help of our relationship with him. You are his children of God, invited to live in the intimate relationship with your God. But in order to experience what it is to be a child of God, you must live that life supernaturally. See, you're not called to restrict yourself to temporal living. To live supernaturally doesn't mean to work at becoming supernatural. 
it, or to look forward to becoming supernatural. The truth of it is that you became a supernatural being the day you were born again. The whole dynamic of your existence changed. Behold, all things became new. When you became a new creation, you became a supernatural being. And to be a new creation means to live like a supernatural being. Right now, in this world, you can only do that by faith. Now, I'm trying to draw a very broad line between what it is to live according to the flesh and what it is to live according to the spirit. You've heard me talk about that many times. To live according to the flesh is to disregard faith entirely. Or to see it as a tool by, by which you motivate God to do something on your behalf. But that makes it completely religious and man-centered. To live according to the Spirit is, or to walk according to the Spirit, is to walk and live by faith. That's the only way we do it. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Think about this. Now, faith is the assurance the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. So, obviously... The Bible doesn't say to exercise this kind of faith when you can't do anything else. In fact, what it says, and we read before in Hebrews 10.38, But my righteous one, the one justified by faith, that is the new creation, shall what? Live by faith. Respecting man's relationship to God and trusting him. In other words, living in that paradigm. If he draws back, shrinking in fear, my soul has no delight in him. In other words, if we're trying to play in the middle and protect ourselves, according to the world's definition... My soul has no delight in it. Why? Because we're playing God. That's what that's about. When I'm talking about living according to the flesh, I'm talking about securing my life in the flesh. I'm talking about protecting my life in the flesh. I'm talking about enriching my life in the flesh. I'm talking about making my hopes and dreams about my life in the flesh. I'm talking about a whole lot more than just, you know, occasionally acting out. God has called us to live by faith. Everything that God has created you to be as a new creation... Everything, everything that you have prayed that the Lord would allow you to know as a new creation can only be known by faith. Well, what does that mean? Think about it. What does that mean? Well, that means that I rejoice even when my soul is vexed with all kinds of fears and turmoil. I thank God for where I'm at, even though my soul doesn't like where I'm at. I praise him for his work and for his 
miraculous intervention in my life, even though I'm completely blind to it. I thank him that he is protecting me, like Paul thanked him that he was protecting him, even in prison. I thank him that he is my strength, that he is my sustenance, that he is my provision, even when I can't find any. That's the difference. One is a temporal reality, the other is a spiritual reality. Are you temporal or are you spiritual? Well, God says you're spiritual. You're just wearing a temporal suit. He wants to completely reverse the paradigm that we live in. So that I am no longer seeking to sustain the temporal. I am living in the spiritual while the spiritual animates the temporal. I hope I'm not talking in circles in your mind, but that is the way he's called us to live. Now listen, you cannot live supernaturally by the senses. Your reality and what the world calls reality can never be the same. You cannot live supernaturally by the senses. I just read that in Hebrews 11.1. Did you catch that? And what the world calls reality can never be your reality. Would you call the way Paul lived normal? Certainly not by the world's terms, you wouldn't. His abandon to the will of God, his absolute trust in the love and faithfulness of God in the midst of the most severe persecution is unrealistic from a human point of view, isn't it? From a human point of view. Was he feeling pain? Yes. Was he feeling alone? Yes. Was he feeling persecuted? Yes. Did at times he felt defeated? Yes. Did he hurt in the body? Yes. Was he threatened occasionally? Yes. Did he hear fear knocking at his soul's door? Absolutely. This was not a supernatural body that he was in. This was a man of flesh and blood, an older man of flesh and blood, who lived with the same insecurities, the same fears, the same doubts. But what made him a supernatural person was faith. He endured by faith. In Philippians 3.8, Paul writes, But more than that, I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him, a joy unequaled. For his sake, I lost everything. I consider it all garbage so that I may gain Christ. That word gain in the Greek tip is saying just what it says, gain. It is almost, it implies a trade to give one thing for another and gain something. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying that everything that I valued in this world, everything that that would look like a gain in the world, I traded for joy and the joy unspeakable of knowing Christ. Well, you say, I can't possibly fathom that. You're not there. You are exactly where you are. Faith's not about being where somebody else is. Faith is about where you're at right now. 
Living in the supernatural where you're at right now. Living in the supernatural in the pew. Yes, you're called to do that. Those who worship me will worship me. How? In spirit and in truth. Do you think that can be done apart from faith? Absolutely not. Your brain will be at Walmart. The only way you can keep yourself in line with truth is by faith. Trusting him. Calling the soul to enter in that courtyard that is by the Holy of Holies. That courtyard to be flooded with the light of his presence. Filled with the Spirit of God. Taking captive every thought unto the obedience of Christ. That's the life we're called to. It's not just a bunch of supernatural jibber jabber. It's what God has called you to do. Now this depth of faith... That our text will show us by the examples of men and women who risked all in the natural to participate in the supernatural. That is what we're talking about. They chose to believe God above all so that they might gain him. Now this is what the author of Hebrews has been trying to demonstrate to the Hebrews fellowship. They had become accustomed to living with nominal faith. They had treated faith like an accessory to life rather than how they choose to live life. And this is the thing. God doesn't say that faith is an accessory to help you get by in the flesh. But we, we take it that way emotionally. We find ourselves living that way. By ignoring faith, they would be blind to the activity of God that is all around them. They could only see the world, what the world showed them. They could only perceive what their senses would be alert to. Paul said he would suffer all to gain Christ. The emphasis is gaining Christ, not the circumstances of his life. That's the emphasis. The emphasis for you is to gain Christ. That doesn't mean that you're getting something you haven't had. It means you're entering into the fullness of what you've been given. Whether pleasure or pain, prosperity or poverty, my goal is in, the, in this life is to gain Christ. And today, in these scriptures, we're going to witness those who have abandoned themselves to the will of God through the exercise of faith. So let's look at our text today. If you'll stand with me, I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 30 through 40. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days by Joshua and the sons of Israel. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed along with those who were disobedient because she had welcomed the spies sent by the sons of Israel in peace. And what more shall I say? Fail me if I tell of Gideon. Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith, that is, with an enduring trust in God and his promises, subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, closed the mouths of lions, extinguished the power of raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became mighty and unbeatable in battle, putting enemy forces to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and the others were tortured to death, refusing to accept reliefs offered on the condition of denying their faith. 
so that they would be resurrected to a better life. And others experienced the trial of mocking and scourging amid torture and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were lured with tempting offers to renounce their faith. They were put to death by the sword. Then they went about wrapped in the skins of sheep and goats, utterly destitute, oppressed, cruelly treated, people of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and living in caves and holes in the ground. And all of these, though they gained divine approval through their faith, did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised because God had us in mind and had something better for us so that they, these men and women of authentic faith, would not be made perfect, that is, completed in him apart from us. Now, as I've said many times, chapter 11 of Hebrews is about faith. Faith for us is the lifeblood of the Christian. And the key phrase that you see in the 11th chapter is that phrase, by faith. And you see it in verses 3 through 8 and verse 11, by faith, by faith, by faith. We saw faith being lived out in Genesis through Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, And they all died without ever seeing the promise fulfilled. They walked with God and trusted God by faith, not by sight. And in my mind, the promise of God to them was just the path. The reward was their relationship with God, their interaction with God. They were, by faith, fulfilled in the relationship. The promise like a mirage that had the certainty of becoming all that it seemed to be. It was always just beyond them. But God was ever with them. What God asked them to do rarely made sense. It seemed contrary to all that seemed normal to them. Faith required suffering, hardship, mockery, but they would not turn away from their call from God. Because his love attended their walk. That's, that's the reward. Now God's called me to many things. God has asked me and, and invited me into obedience many times. What was most remarkable was not what he accomplished in that obedience. But my relationship with him throughout. His presence. I don't think these people were robbed. I think like Paul, they pressed forward towards the goal, the high calling. But they walked with God all the way. They heard his voice. They responded to his commands. I think of the, the hymn, he walked with me and talked with me. You see, that's, that's what we're talking about. Look at verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days by Joshua and the sons of Israel. By faith, Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed along with those who were disobedient because she had welcomed the spies sent by the sons of Israel in peace. So we've come out of the Pentateuch and we have arrived at the massive walls of Jericho. 
And this is the story of Joshua in Joshua chapter 6. And the people of Jericho were very aware of the Israelites and saw them as a threat. You see, when they crossed over from Egypt, it was estimated that there were two million of them. And we don't know how many of them there were after their 40-year sojourn in the desert. However, no matter how many they were, number or how ill-equipped they were, God had given them the land. So God told Joshua, I have given Jericho into your hand with all its warriors and its king. You see, the battle's already been won. Then God gave the instructions on how to capture Jericho. Now, you're going to see this over and over again. What God is telling them to do, he has already accomplished. Because in God's mind, everything is in the I am, it's now. So if God says, I've conquered that, it's conquered. Just like he told you he conquered sin in your life, yet sometimes your behavior seems to contradict it. But the reality, by faith, you can know the victory over sin that God has given you. Just like he said, I have conquered fear. I've dismissed fear from your life. But sometimes you can feel fear come upon you. And you can feel fear threaten you. But the truth of it is, you have nothing to fear. Because God has taken away all things that would threaten you. Nothing will touch your life. Because here's the thing, guys. What we fear, the way fear enters in is through the temporal, doesn't it? Are you fearing what may happen to your spirit? Is anybody fearing that? No, you're fearing what may happen to the body. God has dismissed fear. By faith, we can reckon upon that. Walk in truth. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.